0: Lately, I've kind of been getting into this, uh, this book by, well, I'm done with it, it's called Mark, it's called, um, gosh, Joan of Arc by Mark Twain, which is kind of an interesting kind of book because Mark Twain wasn't Catholic. In fact, there's a lot of evidence that he was quite anti-Catholic, but throughout a lot of his work, he, he really, especially in, in this book, he just highlights and really explains just the sheer incredible glory of Joan of Arc. Who in himself is just a fascinating character. She, she to give to give you some background of Joan of Arc. She was a French peasant girl who basically led the French army. Which was to even say it was on his last leg would be would be giving the French army way too much credit. I mean, it was like it was like didn't even have any legs. It was done during the Hundred Years' War. See, the English at one point in the fourteen hundreds invaded the French kind of nation, if you will. And the English had put in such a whooping on the French that the French really only had the city of Orléans. That was it. And pretty much in the midst of kind of the, while the Fran- France was just this basic corpse, Joan of Arc was raised and overcame, basically the, the English oppression, and ended up basically reclaiming the whole nation of France by her own valor. But what's so interesting about Joan of Arc is that Joan of Arc couldn't read and she couldn't write. She had no military training whatsoever. She was not any she in no way attended any type of French France or French equivalent of a naval academy or an air force academy or an army academy. She did nothing of the sort. And yet, because of her incredible devotion, the Lord used her to ultimately lead, basically, men into battle and always come out victorious. But to me, that wasn't really... I mean, while Joan of Arc is by far, I think, the greatest military tactician in history, uh, I don't think that's what Joan of Arc is, is, is really great for, to me. What amazes me about Joan of Arc is that Joan of Arc maintained her innocence... While being blamed for being a heretic by the clergy at the time. People like, sadly, me. All right, so what happened? Joan of Arc had these visions and had these, had these like very profound, mystical, spiritual experiences from a young age, from 10, 11, 12 years old, all the way up till she ultimately was burned at the stake at age, at age 19. And what's interesting about her is she had these, these incredible visions, she had these incredible these incredible clear ideas of what it means to basically, A, follow the, follow the Lord, and to fulfill the Lord's will. And what's so interesting about that is that while she had these incredible visions that which gave her great courage, great bravery, great strength, she was the perfect embodiment of ultimately Jesus' prophecy in Jesus' sermon right here in the Gospel of Matthew. What does Jesus say? I have given you Father, Lord of heaven and earth for all those you've hidden these things the ways to victory the ways to follow the Lord, the ways to be faithful. You've hidden these things from the wise and the learned. You have revealed them to what? You have revealed them to little ones. You've revealed them to the inconsequential. You've revealed them to the peasant girls. You've revealed them to, to Palestinian, you know, very, very young girls like the Blessed Virgin Mary. You've revealed them to the little ones. This is the story of the gospel. The Lord does not call the equipped. He equips the called. The perfect example, of course, is the Blessed Virgin Mary. No training. Didn't know how to read. Didn't know how to write. She, was, she too, was a peasant girl. Ended up being What? the greatest creation God ever made. Another, another great example, the apostles. These guys were bumbling idiots. I mean, these guys were, were just these, like, cra- these fishermen who had no idea what was going on, didn't know what was happening, and then what ultimately happened, the Lord continued to pour out grace upon grace upon grace, and these 12 men ended up going forth and founding the greatest religion in the world. Time and time again, Jesus reveals and Jesus reminds us that no matter how inconsequential we are, no matter how ill-equipped we are, no matter how, how unprepared we are, He can continually give us the grace to overcome. Continually give us the grace to follow Him and can continue to give us the grace to do great things. And I think that's what's so beautiful about Joan of Arc's story. Because not only was she revealed these beautiful, amazing prophecies... She went out and she fulfilled them with perfect innocence. In other words, she didn't psych herself out. She didn't overthink these things. She didn't sit here and wonder, well, you know, we don't necessarily want to seize this fort right here because the English are pretty strong. Maybe we should just rather hold back and, you know, this and that. No, no, no. The Lord said, go, we're going. We're seizing the fort. We're taking down the English. And we're not stopping until we're dead. And guess what? They never died. They continually went forth and forth and forth and continued to feed, Even though all of our experienced generals were terrified of the English. Were terrified of actually going out and seizing a fort. They wanted to lay siege, which basically would starve the fort out. She said no. But it was in the midst of that innocence, it was in the midst of that innocence, that this second passage of the gospel really kind of comes true. What does Jesus say Come to me, all you who labor and are burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon me and learn from me, for I am meek and humble of heart. My yoke is easy and my burden light. You see, to me, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, Joan of Arc wasn't just great because she was a phenomenal tactician, an amazing leader of men, Just all in all just a phenomenal woman. That was not what made her great. What made her great was that whenever it came time, ultimately it came time to to basically, it's hard to even comprehend, but whenever it basically came time to crown her king, her king all but abandoned her. Just quit on it. To the point where the king actually let Joan of Arc... The only reason why he was king in the first place, because he was too much of a coward to actually take his men into battle, the only, the, the, allowed Joan of Arc to be sold to the English. Pretty terrible. And then what happened? She gets tried by the English clergy, all of whom were corrupt, and ultimately they lambasted her over and over and over again to try and get her to confess to being a heretic to confess to being a witch, to confess to ultimately being this kind of sorceress that used this satanic power to overcome the English and basically make the French great. Not only did they lambast her and interrogate her, they put her in a dungeon. And they made her sleep in men's armor, armor, basically the armor that she always wore. And in doing so, by being in a dungeon and made made to sleep in men's armor, they, they also didn't really allow her to eat any food. For a year, she lived like this. Essentially in solitary confinement, only being brought out to be interrogated. And what's so beautiful about this whole thing, this whole passage, is while she's getting beat up time and time and time again, two things emerged. One, she was meek. And she was humble of heart. And because of her meekness, because of her innocence, the clergy couldn't touch her. They couldn't couldn't get to her. They couldn't ultimately convict her of being a witch. But also, too, and this is what amazes me the most about this whole thing, about this whole time, while she's sitting there in a dungeon, basically being starved to death, being interrogated to death, being beat up nonstop. She not once, not even one time, convinced or said a crossword about the French king. Not once. Even though this king, absolute scumbag, let her be sold to the English. Even though this king didn't listen to her whenever she said, hey, let's take Paris. No. And so what ultimately happened? They didn't take Paris. They lost the battle. And she got captured. Even though this king essentially never, ever came to her rescue, never did anything to intervene in her trial, this king essentially let her go. What did she do? She still stayed loyal. That's humility. That's meekness. That's humble of humility of heart. And what ultimately happened was she ended up getting burned at the stake, but ended up going down in history as one of the greatest saints ever to walk the face of the earth. My point being is, guys... You might have it pretty bad. I don't, know, I don't know each and every individual situation, but we all got it. We all got our crosses. We all got our difficulties. We've all got our problems. But at the end of the day, we're not sleeping in, in chain mail and, and men's armor in, in the bottom of dungeons. We're not getting interrogated and we're not being threatened by being burned at the stake. And so my encouragement to us is perhaps we too can perhaps learn a little bit from this incredible, amazing, wonderful peasant lady this wonderful peasant girl, who teaches us ultimately that we too can find joy even in some of the darkest moments. That we too can find joy even whenever we might not be working for somebody we really respect and we really like. That we too can find joy even whenever we're being persecuted and threatened. That we too can find joy so long as we stay in Jesus, remember that ultimately that He will take up our cross and that He will lead us to the kingdom of heaven and then ultimately, we can always enjoy peace and platitude if we'd be like him and maintain our meekness and our humility of heart.